don't think you're ready because the RX 480 and 580s are dying. Also, Intel, they might be dying and your system is going to die when it has to slot in this quad slot 4090 Ti. Let's get into the hot news, everybody. I'm your Brett host. We're going to be going over the hottest tech news that I can find on the internet while you enjoy your breakfast. I just want to say congrats to the winner of the NZXT giveaway that we had this past Friday over on our Twitch channel to celebrate 500,000 subscribers here on YouTube. But that's not the end of all the giveaways. We're currently still streaming as I'm recording this and as you're watching this because we're still giving away more stuff. Ace Tech hooked, hit us up and asked if we wanted to give away another gaming PC with the 5800X, the 6800 XT, as well as some Ace Tech cooling all thrown in there, and it's going to be pretty good. So come follow us and watch us on Twitch if you want to enter into that giveaway. It's going to be going on until January, February 10th. That's the current end date planned. And with that, let's plan on talking about the obsolescence of what is probably one of the most popular graphics card generations in a while. The RX 480 and RX 580, also known as Polaris, is finally meeting its match and Forspoken, which I'm going to talk about in a second. But I want us to just put on our thinking caps for a second. The RX 470 480 launched about six, almost seven years ago at this point. And I firmly remember being in 2016 when these cards were launching and not a single person was saying, hey, I really wish that card from the 2009-2010 era was still viable. So anybody who's asking for those cards to still be viable, the 470 and the 480, you are simply falling trapped to the fact that AMD, Nvidia, and now kind of Intel don't want to give us mid-tier replacements for what was arguably a really great generation. They choose to not update us and that's why people are going to be upset about this news. Not because it's it's reasonable to stay on a graphics card for seven years and expect support because that hasn't been the case for a very long time, but rather AMD, Nvidia don't want to give you good value at the budget end. That's the problem here. Anyways, the, what's going on fundamentally is Forspoken cannot run on Polaris cards because it requires a specific version of DirectX 12, namely DirectX 12 1. And Polaris, the GPUs that are the 480 and 580, can only run DirectX 12 0. So it's missing feature sets that makes it so that you cannot run this latest game on the previous hardware, which we talked about this in last week's episode of Hot News. AMD promised a day zero patch for their graphics cards, and people were like, why would you need that? Why would you need it? Nobody wants to play Forspoken. It's a bad game. Well, that may be true. What we are running into is finally getting to a place where games are going to start outpacing the feature sets that AMD gave you a little while ago. Now, this is not uh, applicable to the even generation on Nvidia side. The GTX 1060 supports 12.1, no problem. And even going back to the GTX 900 series even supports this feature set. AMD rolled back the feature set to support DirectX 12.1 from the later generations of their architecture in Polaris and made it so that we were going to run into this impasse sooner or later. So even though AMD hasn't dropped support, game developers are likely going to drop support as they move forward. Now, this is not completely bad news because you can still play Forspoken on these cards so long as you are willing to do workarounds that you have to do yourself and are not provided by AMD actually patching anything out or making sure that they worked with the game developer to put the game as supported on the most popular cards, even though Forspoken was an AMD sponsored title. Why? Why even make it so that you have that happen? No, force people to either go on Linux and Windows and install the VKD 3D utility. You can't use DXVK because it only supports up to DirectX 
not 12.1. So you have to use VKD3D in order to get this to work. And people are finding that the RX 580 can run at decent speeds between 40 and 50 FPS when you use this workaround, but it's something that AMD could have done before the game even launched and didn't even talk about to their customers before the game did launch. So if you're on Windows trying to run it as is, your 480 and 580 are not going to be able to run this game and they will not be able to run games in the future that continue to have this requirement. Other, I believe the first game that did this was the Metro Exodus Enhanced Edition, even though the regular edition does allow you to do it. So you're running into a huge impasse here and it helps to explain why the minimum specifications on Forspoken say you need a 5500 XT. And that is because AMD will not be supported with the Polaris generation. It's all starting to make a little bit of sense. And this is one of the reasons why I continue to give AMD crap when they pull feature sets from their graphics cards, namely things like the 6500 XT and 6400. When you remove feature sets, you potentially in introduce problems in the future that you're not seeing right now. I understand that people think Forspoken is a bad game and that this generally does not matter to most people. I understand that, but AMD is positioning people in a really bad spot with their most popular cards, with cards that people are still regularly buying, cards that you at least in some places can still buy brand new. You cannot run the latest games on it because AMD wasn't forward thinking enough to include the architectures that they needed to support or work with the game developer that they sponsored for the game to support the hardware that they're actually running everything on or have a version of the game that can run on that architecture. We are going to continue to run into these problems. AMD just, this is why you could, they could have worked with Forspoken with Lumina Studios to come up with a solution to this problem and they chose not to do it. And instead what's happening is you as the end consumer have to figure out a way around it instead of them providing it to you with them spending millions of dollars on marketing, millions of dollars on investing into the game studios. It's now on you, the person who spent $150 on the RX 580 to figure out how to make up for their misdeeds. This is why feature sets are important. This is why API support is important. This is why communication is important. AMD could have at any point in the marketing of First Spoken said, hey, this isn't gonna run on Polaris, just so you know, because they knew that. They had to have known that. If they didn't know it, they're not doing their jobs very well, which is also damning on them. They are creating problems for themselves by not communicating with their customers, which has been my problem with AMD this entire time. Not that there's no day zero patch for Forspoken. The fact that AMD communicates one thing, doesn't do it, and then leaves people in the lurch for them to figure it out for themselves. Which is something that's happening with the 7000 series, because the, on the CPU side, you want you want to figure out what's happening with AMD? Because I, I want to figure out what's happening. The 7900X, if you have a micro center near you, the, it's cheaper than the 7900. The, the faster overclockable version is cheaper than the cheaper version that AMD just launched by about like $12, but then on top of that, Micro Center is also bundling the 7900X with free RAM so that you get a much better value. You get free 32 gigs while also spending less on the 7900X. How much stock is Micro Center sitting on? How much incentive is AMD providing to these retailers to sell these CPUs at a much lower price? This is crazy. Why is the 7900X cheaper than the 7900, which is slower, but more efficient? It's still a good chip, but I, I, I just don't know what's going on. But you know who does go know what's going on? At least I hope he does this time. Reese with UFD Deals. Reese, please, please, please give me the deals. Hey, welcome back to UFD Deals, bringing the hottest tech deals on the internet. Feels like I'm welcoming myself back with this one. I was MIA last week to use some 
family stuff. But thank you guys for being so understanding. And thank you to Catelyn, aka Onion, for stepping in for me at the last minute. I know you must have pulled some strings for that Hagrid cameo. But enough talk, let's jump straight into the deals with something that I will always recommend every time it gets discounted like this. And that's the Orky True Wireless Bluetooth earbuds, which are currently going for $9.50, which is $40.49 off. Honestly, at this price, you can buy a whole bunch of them and just throw them away after each use. Don't have to deal with any ear gunk then. But another thing I will always recommend is this Bobo VR M2 Pro Plus, which is a Halo headband for the Quest 2. One of the biggest complaints about the Quest 2 is that it sits too heavy on your cheekbones and it gets sore after a while. But this takes that pressure and shifts it up onto your head. But the special thing about this is that it actually has a hot swappable magnetic battery that you can just onto the strap. I actually have one right here to show you guys. Boom. And with that, you can actually double the battery life of your Quest 2. And now if you pick up more than one battery, you can actually keep swapping them and keep going indefinitely. And at $53, which is $16.99 or 24% off, it's a no-brainer pickup. Save your cheekbones. And lastly, we have a user-submitted deal. The LG C2 42-inches actually gone down another $100 to be $899.99, which is $400 off. For honestly, one of the best-looking 4K 120Hz TVs out in the market. I know I would have one personally if they actually brought the 42-inch to South Africa. Actually that wouldn't work I, this is a 27 inch and it's you guys wouldn't be able to see me maybe that's a good thing but like always you can find the links to these deals and more in the video description down below and with that i'm gonna hand you off back to bread for the rest of your hot news cheers but it's not just amd who's having a rough time intel having a brutal brutal end of last week with them announcing their q4 earnings from last year and wiping eight billion dollars off of their market cap in the stock market it is not a good look for the company. So there's reports and outlets out there saying no words can portray or explain the historic collapse of Intel with everything looking really bad for the company. Bad numbers to end out 2022, bad projections for 2023 for a lot of variable different reasons. The CEO coming out and saying that we lost share, we lost momentum. We think that stabilizes this year. So indicating that he does believe that Intel is getting back on track to the point where they can finally compete with AIM again, but some things like they have inventory on their hands. That's $13.2 billion or nearly half a year's worth. Their server market is just getting completely obliterated by AMD Epic. They are kind of still struggling in the mainstream consumer market. However, with the 13th and 12th gen, it is looking slightly better for that. But things like the future prospects aren't looking very good. So they reported that they lost about $700 million in net income in Q4 2022, which is a significant downgrade from where they were just a year ago. However, this kind of was pretty predictable by anybody who was paying attention to Intel. The previous CEOs before Pat Gelsinger kind of put them on a doom spiral of not being able to get the company to turn around. We could kind of see that AMD was making advancements in places where Intel was not. They weren't developing in the places that they needed to be, and they were just continuing to talk a big game while delivering nothing. That has changed, at least in the regular consumer market over the last few years, with 12th and 13th gen being very strong showings by Intel and AMD kind of making a few missteps like we talked about with the 7000 series. But the 7900X is cheaper than the 7900 because nobody's buying them. It's it's a really rough situation for, for all of this. But Intel saying that they are getting back on track. There were a previous rumors that Intel was going to miss the mark on launching Meteor Lake later this year, which is going to be their first chiplet-based architecture in order to help catch them up to AMD in a lot of places that they need to. The rumor that that's not going to happen seems to be false, at least according to Intel. They're saying that they're going to be on track for the second half of later this year, as well as making some changes to what's going on with the GPU department, including Alchemist Plus and Battlemage GPUs that are going to be launching over the next couple of years as well. 
Well, it seems to be a pretty bad place for Intel to be in. They do think that they're gonna get back on track with their new nodes in their new fabrication facilities, getting down to 20A, 18A, etc. They have a good roadmap at that they're actually being able to hit and stick to, which is something that Intel lacked for many, many years. And it does seem like Pat Gelsinger is getting them back on track with that. And I do like the at least humility to acknowledge the fact that they are losing to AMD in very specific ways that they can fix. It's just that they're losing money right now. It's not looking good. However, especially with trade relations and issues that are going on with TSMC, Taiwan and China, Intel is a little bit more strongly positioned if things do go south to actually still produce chips, which AMD and Nvidia would be out in the lurch if that did happen. But Intel also opening up their foundry services in order to make that happen, bringing on fabulous customers, and they expect that that's gonna bring in about $4 billion. So Intel has at least what is a glimmer of a hope for the future, but a struggling in the present and who could have seen this coming? And who could have seen the Giganto RTX Titan or RTX 4090 Ti, whatever you want to call it. There were previous uh, fake images being leaked by other places, but now we actually do have what appears to be a very real looking GPU that's going to be quad slot. This thing is a mighty behemoth being nicknamed the Beast coming in at an 800 watt cooler. It's, we're expecting it to have 48 gigabytes of GPU. DDR6X and it, this this thing's just going to be an absolute monster. You can see the cooler right here being able to cool the entire thing. The quad slot situation, especially with getting the display outs being vertically oriented instead of horizontally oriented means that they're going to come off the PCB in a very weird way. I, I'm very curious to see what the PCB looks like, which none of these pictures actually indicate, but you can see that this is this is going to be able to cool that mighty sucking chunker. That's It's going to be a big boy. We don't know if there's going to be a release date or if this thing will ever actually come out. It could potentially be canceled and that this was just a demonstration version that Nvidia made in order to show off their capabilities. 800 watts. Who? Who can make this happen? I want one. I would love to have one, but the amount of power and space, oh man, gets me flowing just thinking about it. And I'm gonna flow on out of this episode of Hot News. That, that AMD brand took it out of me. See you tomorrow. <laughs>